This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. for learning about lasers, lipos, lifts, and today we're going to talk about tummy tucks and the Brazilian butt lift. We're going to welcome renowned surgeon Dr. Frank Ryan, who's appeared on TV shows and much more. So it is a fairly significant procedure. So again, uh, you know, stopping smoking if, if someone's a smoker is essential before a tummy tuck. And just having the person in good overall nutritional health. Now that's something uh, that comes into play when we have the gastric bypass patients. Because oftentimes they can be malnourished if they're not careful. You know, they have to monitor their diet and this and that because not all the nutrients are coming through because they've had a gastric bypass. Most top plastic surgeons, we don't send the patients home after a tummy tuck. Uh, we send the patients to an aftercare facility, uh, which is similar to a, a mini hospital in a way where nurses are watching them 24 hours a day. My average tummy tuck patient goes to an aftercare facility here in L.A. for uh, probably three to four days after a tummy tuck. The problem is men will come in and want a tummy tuck, and you tap on their abdomen. It's like tapping on a piece of wood. I mean, it's hard as a rock because all the fat's on the inside. So those men, you say, you can't do a tummy tuck. You don't. There's, there's nothing to do, sorry. It's there's nothing hanging. The most important hurdle is to make sure that the doctor is board certified in the field of plastic surgery. See, this is something that we tried to educate the public about years ago. We thought we were being smart, saying, oh, look, make sure your doctor is board certified. Well, the doctor is board certified in gynecology. <laughs> All right. Welcome, Dr. Ryan. Thank you. Tell us about a consultation for a tummy tuck. I know that women look in the mirror, they've had kids, and they just aren't happy with themselves. What do you tell them? Yeah, there are actually many, many different types of patients that uh, come in for tummy tucks, all the way from uh, a patient, a very thin, uh, athletic woman who's maybe had a child that has a little bit of extra skin in the lower abdomen that she didn't have before the child. Uh, she may have a few stretch marks she doesn't like. Uh, and the one thing that a lot of people don't realize is the, uh, the babies inside actually stretch out the muscles quite significantly. So what can happen is some of these athletic uh, women uh, come in and say, I've been doing sit-ups and crunches till the cows come home every single day, and I still can't get a flat tummy. Why? And I told them that the baby stretched out the muscle. So, I mean, the, the, the muscle is strong, but the, the connective tissue between the muscles are stretched. And so you can do, the muscles can be the strongest thing in the world but the, the belly will still kind of pooch out a little bit. So anyway, you have people that, that barely need anything coming in for quote-unquote tummy tucks, all the way on up to someone who's had a gastric bypass surgery, and their, their abdomen is literally hanging down to their knees, and that's called a tummy tuck. So the word tummy tuck or abdominoplasty is a catch-all term that can go anywhere from the little mini procedure that I mentioned all the way to taking a huge amount of redundant skin off of a gastric bypass patient. What's the largest amount you've removed? You know, I personally I haven't removed an enormous amount, but there, you know, you've seen, I'm sure, in some of the TV shows, the, the listeners have that uh, they have literally have what we call a paniculus, which is the redundant skin hanging down to the knees. So I'm sure that's been the, uh, the record, someone taking off pounds and pounds and pounds of skin hanging down to someone's knees. 
And we just saw a picture of a famous actress who was so, so fit, and she had a little bit of skin hanging down over her shorts. That would be the downside to being famous, but she's absolutely gorgeous, and then had a child, obviously, and, and had that loose skin. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect example of, of someone who's young and athletic and had a child, and what can you do? I mean, the skin does what it's going to do. Now, I have patients who've had three children. There's one I have in mind in particular that looks like she's had no children. The abdomen is amazing. Not a single stretch mark, no extra skin. Looks like she's the abdomen of an 18-year-old. And I've had patients uh, that have had one child, and they have this millions of stretch marks all over the abdomen, crinkled, redundant skin everywhere. And it's just, uh, you know, usually you ask the girl, and, and the mother had the same abdomen. And so it's kind of one of those things that runs in the family. So what about the stretch marks? Does it cure it? Well, yes and no. Uh, stretch marks can be removed during the tummy tuck simply because you're actually cutting off the skin that has the stretch marks on it. <laughs> you know, so it's kind oh, of right. common sense exactly. that some will be good. removed. But the other way that uh, we attempt to remove them, I say attempt because it's difficult, is with the laser sometimes. And some stretch marks seem to respond and some don't. So it's something that you see touted on the, uh, you know, on, on websites where I've removed stretch marks with a laser. It's really not true. I mean, I wish it were them, true, right? it's just not. So you can have limited success with the laser, but oftentimes it doesn't work. But they're improved, right? What, what type of laser do you use for that? Well, there's just different types of lasers that can be used. The most commonly used one is one that's designed to uh, attack blood vessels. And then that's why the best stretch marks to be uh, treated with a laser are the kind of the fresh ones. You know, they're stretch marks that are kind of purplish or pinkish and shiny. Then there are the what we call the mature stretch marks that are just white. And so the white ones are very difficult to treat, but the pinkish, purplish, reddish ones that are relatively fresh can be treated sometimes with this particular laser. Well, that's good news for lots of women. Yeah. What's the recovery period like? Well, for the laser, uh, virtually nothing, actually. Uh, there's new lasers that uh, really uh, can be used to treat uh, things like stretch marks or, or broken blood vessels on the face, for example, that literally, I mean, it sounds too good to be true, but literally the, the, the procedure is virtually painless and there's no recovery. So now 99% of the times, if a doctor says it's painless with no recovery, I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> but this particular laser is one of those that is really true. Well, in conjunction with your tummy tuck, how does one prepare for the surgery? Well, in terms of the uh, the, the tummy tuck, of course, the, the biggest thing is that the person is in overall general health because I tell my patients that a major tummy tuck is probably the biggest surgery that we do in plastic surgery. It's very invasive. You're, you're sewing up the muscles, which can be very painful and prolong the recovery. Uh, there will be drainage tubes in, uh, draining out any blood or fluid uh, for probably a week after surgery, so it is a fairly significant procedure. So, again, uh, you know, stopping smoking, if, if someone's a smoker, is essential before a tummy tuck. And just having the person in good overall nutritional health. Now, that's something uh, that comes into play when we have the gastric bypass patients because oftentimes they can be malnourished if they're not careful. You know, they have to monitor their diet and this and that because not all the nutrients are coming through because they've had a gastric bypass. You know, so things are not being absorbed through the digestive system like a normal person. So they can easily get malnourished if they're not careful. So it's important to have these gastric bypass patients uh, nourished properly before the tummy tuck. Because they lose enormous amounts of weight and then they have hanging skin. Yeah, and, and in fact, uh, abdominoplasties or tummy tucks are shooting up in, in uh, popularity uh, recently, partly because of the, the lap band surgery, which is another way of, of you know rapid weight loss or gastric bypass surgery. You're right, they lose r weight rapidly the skin can't respond, and so they have hanging skin everywhere. So all of a sudden, we're doing tummy tucks on all these people the last couple of years. Is there any side effects from the tummy tucks? 
Well, there's a couple different uh, specific side effects that relate to tummy tucks. One common one is called a seroma, which is a collection of fluid that can occur in the abdomen after the tummy tuck. And that's more likely in smokers or in very obese patients or people with other health problems. But if this fluid accumulates after the surgery, what needs to be done is the surgeon needs to take a needle, essentially, in the office and just drain the fluid out repeatedly until there's no more fluid in there. And that's, that's quite common after tummy tucks. I've seen rates of like 40 to 50% of, of tummy oh, really? tuck patients get uh, fluid collections. Now, there's other risks, of course, uh, of you know, bleeding, infection, etc. And in fact, the, the, one of the things that the tummy tuck has a higher risk of than, than other procedures is a blood clot, which, of course, many people are familiar with. You can get a blood clot in the leg, which can be dangerous in, in, in the wrong person. And um, it's just What are the signs of that, though? So, so you go home after your surgery, you're recovering, and then how would you know you're getting a blood clot? Well, that's what's difficult. I mean, there can be pain or swelling in the leg. Uh, and what the doctor needs to do, which still doesn't prevent it completely, but the doctor needs to take precautions. There's these, these balloons we put on the patient's legs that squeeze the legs during surgery. We encourage them to get up as early as possible after surgery to walk around to get the blood flowing again. That's good uh, advice to keep well hydrated. You know, the same thing they kind of tell you on planes. You know, there's that uh, problem with people uh, on airplanes getting blood clots, the dry air, they're not moving around, they're not, you know, drinking enough water on the flight. So it's kind of the same principle when you're in surgery. And then you, after surgery, you go home, and then what's, what do you do to recover? What's the best thing? So you move around. Well, I tell you, most top plastic surgeons, we don't send the patients home after a tummy tuck. Uh, we send the patients to an aftercare facility, uh, which is similar to a, a mini hospital in a way where nurses are watching them 24 hours a day. My average tummy tuck patient goes to an aftercare facility here in L.A. for uh, probably three to four days after a tummy tuck. Now, I know there are many, many, many doctors that send their patients home, which isn't wrong. It's just that if you really want to have sort of the best aftercare, you send the patient to a facility with nurses. And do you often do tummy tucks if you need a breast lift? Can you do that at the same time? Yeah, a very common combination is a tummy tuck and a breast lift. Obviously, a woman has children, the tummy sags, and the breast sag (laughs) at the same time. I know, but it sucks. Yeah, so you go ahead and and, and do a breast lift. Now, one thing the public doesn't seem to realize quite yet, despite all this, this information out there about plastic surgery, is that a breast lift alone rarely accomplishes what the patient wants because what happens after children especially is there isn't enough tissue in the breast you know so you can lift lift the breast but what's that going to do you really need to do an implant at the same time so i'd say about 99.9 percent of my breast lifts also involve a breast implant at the same time and and you get much better results much better results you can just lift the nipple up and and do the lift but but without restoring that volume that was there pre you know baby (laughs) It just doesn't look that good. It doesn't look as good. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the belly button. That is a big question a lot of my friends have. Yeah. Do you remove uh, it? The belly button, uh, what you do with it sort of depends on the degree of the tummy tuck. Now, the gastric bypass patients we discussed earlier with, with hanging skin, essentially in those patients, you, you, it's hard to describe, but you essentially remove the old belly button and make a new belly button. So you make a completely new one. You don't just remove it and reattach it. You don't... No, you actually, you know, uh, the old belly, the belly button itself, of course, is, is attached to the, the abdomen, you mm-hmm. know, so what you do is you, you actually make a new one in the, in the new skin, which, again, v- without visuals is very difficult to explain. In fact, I have it's one of the hardest things to explain to patients during a consultation is the whole concept of the new belly button, so it's a difficult one. So it's a difficult thing about the belly button, but but generally you'll get a little circle around the belly button. Is that not correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, people say, will the belly button look like a normal belly button? I say, well, it's very difficult to create what God created, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. Now, over the years of me doing it for all these years, I must admit that the belly buttons I create, I mean, they look pretty natural, to tell you the truth. But, boy, I've seen some patients coming in from doctors that maybe took a weekend course or something, and, uh, boy, they, they were just disastrous, and they're almost impossible to fix. Which is a really good point. I, I stress on all my shows that you want to find a board-certified plastic surgeon who's gone to training for this. <laughs> It, totally. I mean, it's just crazy. That, uh, you know, in this environment today, with the the market forces and the competition in in, in plastic surgery, I mean, there's so many uh, underqualified or frankly unqualified doctors doing plastic surgery. It's just crazy. That's right. You really want to do your research on that. Do you see a lot of males getting tummy tucks? Yeah, we have more and more males, and and part of the reason is because of the popularity of, of massive weight loss surgery. Uh, in fact, a, a, uh, a friend of mine and a patient who's very public about his massive weight loss surgery is named uh, Adam Goldstein, who's also known as DJ AM. Oh, right. And uh, he had his weight loss surgery probably three, four years ago. And uh, a, we've done some body contouring on him. Again, he's, he's one of those celebrities that it's very open about it. because That's great, right. To help I think that people. helps people. Yeah, by talking about it. Right. So does a, a male tummy tuck differ from a female tummy tuck? Well, it does to an extent. Uh, and most men tend to retain more fat in the abdomen itself. You know, you have the classic, quote-unquote, beer belly contour. What that is is a lot of fat on the inside near where the organs are, you know, which uh, women typically carry fat on the outside, uh, meaning you can grab it with your fingers and pinch it, and you can easily liposuction that. Now, you can't liposuction or remove fat that's next to the liver, <laughs> for example. Oh, uh-huh. So the problem is men will come in and want a tummy tuck, and you tap on their abdomen. It's like tapping on a piece of wood. I mean, it's hard as a rock because all the fat's on the inside. So those men, you say, you can't do a tummy tuck. You don't, you just, there's nothing to do. Sorry. It's there's nothing it's hanging. It's, it's typically hanging skin. It's hanging skin. That's what you want. So those men who've had massive weight loss surgery have hanging skin, and that's why we're seeing an increase in the tummy tucks for men. Well, we need to take a break. This is so interesting, and I want to educate the public more about tummy tucks, and then we're going to be right back because we're going to also talk about Brazilian butt lifts. Yay! Listen to Just for Women, Dating, Relationships, and Sex, a weekly Internet audio program from personallifemedia.com. Fresh inspiration and expanded relationship options for today's woman. Hi, this is Terry Strzok. We're back with Beauty Now and Dr. Frank Ryan. We were just talking about tummy tucks. So, Dr. Ryan, how does one decide on a doctor? Well, the most important hurdle is to make sure that the doctor is board certified in the field of plastic surgery. See, this is something that we tried to educate the public about years ago. We thought we were being smart and saying, ah, oh, look, make sure your doctor is board certified. Well, the doctor is board certified in gynecology. <laughs> All right. The doctor is board certified in, in oral surgery. So every, every doctor is board, board certified in something, for the most part. So you go, going, doctor, are you board certified? Well, of course I am in pediatrics. So, you know, right. But should he be doing your tummy tuck? I don't think so. That would be so convenient. Take your child in to get a checkup and get a tummy tuck. Exactly. Perfect. So, of course, the, the only board that's really, uh, you know, uh, legitimately certifying doctors who do all kinds of plastic surgery is the American Board of Plastic Surgery. So that's really the board of look, looked for to look for when it's coming to uh, someone getting plastic surgery. 
That's really good advice. Let's talk about the scars real quickly. Are you able to use a C-section scar at all? Yeah, for tummy tucks, using a C-section scar is virtually impossible. Um, that's the thing, too, with, the, the, again, the market forces and the, and the competition in this field is that a lot of doctors will try to minimize the scar unrealistically in order to get the patient to sign up for surgery. The bottom line is tummy tuck involves removing skin, so you've got to make a scar to remove skin, and usually uh, the scar is from hip to hip, let's face it. Now, the massive weight loss patients, uh, they sometimes have a circumferential scar, meaning the scar goes literally all the way around their body, including their back. Now, would that be a body lift? That's more or less a body lift in most people. Or there's also something that's called a belt lipectomy, you know, not unlike a belt. It just You take that, that wedge of skin out around the midsection and lift it up. So a body lift is more extensive than that, but they're similar. Uh, so, you know, when, again, when it comes to, to the tummy tuck, you just have to tell the patient, it's a long scar. We try to hide it in the belly button. We try to sew it carefully to make it as, you know, good as you can, blah, blah, blah. However, it's a it's trade-off, a right? Scar. It's a trade-off because you want to get rid of that hanging skin and trade then off. you trade it for the scar. Yep. Uh, so is there is there really something called a mini tummy tuck, or is that just a catch-all? Yeah, there, there is a mini tummy tuck, and that's for people who barely need it. You know, they may have a little extra skin in the middle of the stomach after having a baby, you know, and, and it, it's still longer than a C-section scar, but it's, it's, it's not too much longer. And that's if you just have a little bit of skin. You maybe need to sew the muscles up a little bit below the belly button, and that's about it. That's a very limited, uh, in, in a very limited number of patients, let's put it that way. And last, what are the risks associated with a tummy tuck surgery? Well, the risks are anywhere from uh, unsightly uh, scarring uh, to one thing that can occur in smokers, which we haven't discussed yet, is, is tissue loss. What that means is the nicotine uh, shrinks down the blood vessels, as, and the carbon monoxide is not good either, of course, for wound healing. That's, uh, so you can lose, meaning, meaning a, a section of tissue can literally turn black above the scar and die, and therefore... Scary. That, that that needs to be skin grafted or fixed later, and that's from poor blood supply, usually from smoking. So that's a, a definite risk of not only just tummy tucks, but facelifts and breast lifts and some other surgeries as well. So smokers really should wait until they quit to get surgery. Absolutely. Uh, smoking is very bad in general, but for certain surgeries, it's really bad, like the tummy tuck. Do you have any tips for smokers out there to quit? I wish I did. <laughs> I know. I know. We're going to have to do a show on that because yes. I think it's really important that all the smokers stop smoking, it's so bad for you. Absolutely. And when you hear doctors like yourself saying that your tissue is dying, that should be a real indication of when you're cutting into you. Yeah, no, typically the way to get the smokers to stop, I've found, is you don't tell them it can cause you know, lung disease and cancer, like, yeah, whatever. You tell them it can cause wrinkles. Like, wrinkles? Oh, my God. I didn't know it can cause wrinkles. That makes them stop. That's true. I do tell my friends that, that smoke. I mean, I know it's a huge addiction, and it's something we need to cover. So in our last few minutes, let's talk about the Brazilian butt lift. What is it? Tell us all about it. Now, the Brazilian butt lift makes a lot of of doctors laugh when we hear that title. First of all, it's kind of a goofy title. And secondly, it's a procedure that we've been doing for I I did a quote-unquote Brazilian butt lift 15 years ago. All it is is liposuctioning fat and injecting it into the buttock. And it's something that doesn't even warrant its own title. It's just common sense. So... What it is, when you, when you get something like the Brazilian butt lift, a doctor who wants more business, typically on one of these TV shows, hires a publicist, comes up with a catchy name, and assigns a name to a procedure, that's common sense. So the Brazilian butt lift, again, is liposuction, taking the fat, you have it anyway, why not use it and put it in the butt? It's just anyone would do it if they had a brain. So, you know, it's the same thing we do, we, we make, we put it in the cheeks, we put it in the lips, we put it in the jawline, you know, it's just like we're putting it back there 
to, to augment the butt. So it's just a basic procedure. So is there anything to augment the butt besides fat? Well, there are implants, and uh, many of us aren't fans of implants. There are very few of us, very few of my colleagues. I don't know a single one of my colleagues, in fact, that does buttock implants, to be honest with you. I mean, they're done. That's true. They're I, I rarely done because it's common sense. You're putting an implant on something, you're sitting, you're, you're horseback riding. I mean, it's, it's, it's fraught with problems. Whereas your own body fat, I mean, it's your own fat, and uh, why not? And how long does that fat last? Well, it's very unpredictable. Uh, I tell my patients that uh, you usually need about three sessions to really make it last as long as we want. And then some fat is going to last forever because the blood supply grows into the fat cells. There are living fat cells back there. Uh, good, that's good and bad because if you put on some weight, your butt's going to get pretty big as well because those fat cells are going to grow, which, is, of course, they don't seem to tell you about on these TV shows as far as I know. <laughs> well, actually, that is a really good point you just brought up for both tummy tucks, butt lifts, any types of surgery. When you gain weight, does, do you have to do the surgery over the tummy tuck, for, for instance? The tummy tuck, not necessarily if you gain weight. It's not that much of an issue. But when you inject fat cells anywhere, in fact, there's a, a, a girl that came into me. She had a doctor that got kind of aggressive with fat injections, injections into her face. And uh, she got pregnant and put on a lot of body weight, and her fat blew up to the, like a pumpkin. And she, the doctor didn't tell me that. I said, well, you should have, because that fat is going to grow in your face just like anywhere else. So it's a problem. So, you, so the fat grows. I'm confused. Yeah, the fat grows. I mean, if you put on weight, see, these fat cells you inject into the lips, the butt, wherever, they're living fat cells. So just like fat cells anywhere else, if you go ahead and gain 50 pounds, your lips are going to get big, your butt's going to get big, your cheeks are going to get big because those fat cells grow like fat cells anywhere else. Which I'm laughing because I'm like, oh, well, if you gain weight, maybe my lips will grow bigger. That would be good if you get some fat in there, That's but it's right. not really good if you have it in your cheeks and everywhere else. <laughs> So if people want to get a butt lift, how do they do that? Well, when people use the term uh, butt lift, there are several different techniques out there. Uh, of course, we just discussed the Brazilian butt lift, which is simply taking fat and injecting it in the buttock, which is common sense and easy, and that's, if I do that, that's what I do. There's other methods of, of actually making an incision either sort of above the buttock area, sort of where the tailbone is, and, and take skin out, and that lifts the buttock to an extent. Now, the problem is the scars are extensive and often widen, and, and so the scars aren't worth, it's not worth the trade-off, to tell you the truth. So that's not commonly done. The other procedure I've done in a few people, massive weight loss people usually, is underneath the buttock, in the crease there, they can have several folds of redundant skin, like a little accordion back there. So in, that, in those patients, you take a wedge of skin and remove all that extra skin, and that looks pretty good, actually. Again, a long scar, yes, but the trade-off is worth it in those patients. So the scar would go completely underneath your butt cheeks? Exactly. And people generally couldn't really wear a bikini after that, or they can? Well, I mean, wearing the bikini is tough. See, the, the thing is that uh, it depends on the patient's expectations. Uh, I tell my patients, I have many, many patients that are young, healthy, you know, men and women that are perfectionists that barely have anything that they need done to tell you the truth. And they're, they've raised the bar so high for their expectations, it's crazy. I tell them, look, someone who's had gastric bypass, they look like a sharp hay. They have skin hanging everywhere. They, they are happy with anything. <laughs> you know? The trade-off is patients, good. The scar remove, versus you know, hanging skin. You remove hanging skin. They don't care about the scar. My God, they just don't want their skin to rub between their, their legs Eyes and walking, creating a rash. You know? So it's all about what you expect. So what is the difference between a body lift and a tummy tuck? Well, the body lift essentially is just more extensive where the, the tummy tuck is really addressing just the abdomen for the most part, the stomach area, whereas the body lift theoretically is addressing the entire lower extremities like the thighs, the buttock, uh, all those things. So 
it's a much more extensive procedure that is becoming more popular because of massive weight loss, but many of us don't do the body lift just because it's such a big procedure. It's one of those things that we leave it for the guys who want to specialize in that. And you would generally need to be hospitalized for that. Yeah, absolutely hospitalized. The body lifts are one of the biggest things that we do. It's it's big. In fact, there's a a doctor that passed away a few years ago, Ted Lockwood, Lockwood, who was sort of like the father of body lifting in Kansas City. And I've referred many people to him from Los Angeles just because he did it all the time, and he was used to this big procedure and the and the all the complications that c- could go along with it. Because many of the patients have had gastric bypass, and there's their own complications with that, so it would be very dangerous. Yeah, I mean the the gastric bypass patients oftentimes aren't the healthiest patients, really. So that procedure by itself is somewhat risky in those patients. And then secondly, as you were saying, that the body lift may be pretty risky as well. But. You could actually do it. I mean, there's hope. You can do it, I would say, like have the tummy tuck or have an arm lift or have thigh lift. You could actually spread it out over a year, right? I'm glad you brought that up because when my patients come in after massive weight loss surgery, I tell them, look, this is going to take probably three plus procedures. You need to do what we call stage it. You're right. We'll do the tummy and the breast. Then we'll do the arms and the back. Then we'll do the thighs and the whatever, facelift or something. Uh, that's definitely the way to, to make it safer. That's the safest way. Yep. And And that's what I want to educate everybody about, just to be safe, too, but also to get the best looks that they can get. Absolutely. So in closing, what would you recommend patients if they want to try to come in? How much does it cost? Well, depending on the procedure and depending on the doctor and depending on part of the country, the, the costs vary wildly depending on those different factors. Uh, but the, the one thing that I, I see patients uh, commenting on uh, is a consult fee. Now, the top doctors all have a consult fee. So I, sometimes patients will call me and go, oh, my God, Dr. Ryan, you have a $500 consult fee. It's like, well, yes. I mean, and if a doctor doesn't have a consult fee, it ain't good. So the first thing is don't be surprised if you call a top doctor and he's got a consult fee of a couple hundred dollars. That's just normal, you know. And then secondly, the, the better doctors, frankly, charge a little more than the doctors aren't so good typically. <laughs> it's just the way it is in life. And that's true, and, and you don't want to mess with your body. Because exactly. there's ways of financing surgery, correct? Yes, people finance their surgery and all, all that stuff, put it on credit cards, and it's just I wouldn't skimp, like you were saying, when it comes to your right. face or body. That's insane. It's insane, especially on your face yes. where people are going to see you every single day. You don't want to go get the best price. Absolutely, and, and, uh, and some of the, and again, uh, the last thing to say is don't be fooled by publicity. You read a doctor's name in a magazine, great, he paid a publicist $3,000 a month to get in a magazine. Congratulations, you know. You see a doctor that's on a TV show, great, he begged and pleaded and his cousin worked at, at E or something and got him on a show, great. I mean, it's so it true. means nothing if you see publicity about a doctor. Uh, it can just mean he's got a publicist. And I saw a um, gynecologist actually that was run out of Newport Beach where I grew up, and he ended up being on the View, and it was and it was for surgery. It was for liposuction. I was unbelievable. I wanted to call in. I could not believe it. So Absolutely, there's a doctor on one of the TV shows currently who's a gynecologist who had his license pulled. Uh, probably the same doctor for all we know, but it's shocking because the the thing is that the public doesn't know. Sometimes people say, "Well, how do those doctors get on the show?" It's like the producers don't care. What do they care? They they don't know. They just want a doctor to come up with a, like a, a, a catchy name that'll draw viewers. You know, if he's a fraud yeah, or not. They what should care? care. They should care. And I think that's that's the best service we can do today too is educating the public about just because you see somebody on a TV show that doesn't mean they're qualified. Exactly. Far from it. Sometimes. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Ryan, for being with us today. I want to have you back on the show to talk more about surgery and other procedures. I really appreciate you giving your time today. Thank you. Thank you. This is Terry Struck with Beauty Now. 
If you want any transcripts for past shows, please go to personallifemedia.com. We'll link you to Dr. Ryan if you want to have a consultation with him. He's in Beverly Hills. If you have any questions, you have any ideas, please email T-E-R-I at personallifemedia.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.